Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Hello and welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. Today we're on the campus of my college alma mater, Murray State University in Murray, Kentucky, as we begin the My Old Kentucky Home podcast series. I was a student at Murray State from 1995 until 1999, graduating with a degree in environmental engineering and a minor in playing intramural sports, which are awesome here. Murray State is a top-ranked Kentucky public university founded in 1922 as a teacher's college, but now boasts programs in pretty much any undergraduate degree that you can think of, as well as a variety of master's programs. Murray State has 10,000 students across its main campus in Murray and satellite campuses in Paducah, Hopkinsville, Henderson, and Madisonville. Murray State also offers a variety of online degree programs. You can check out the university online at murraystate.edu. Murray State also has a rich sports tradition with its teams known as the Racers and competing in the Ohio Valley Conference. The Racers regularly win conference titles in basketball, football, baseball, tennis, golf, rifle, women's soccer, women's volleyball, and bass fishing. In fact, Murray State has won multiple national titles in rifle and bass fishing and is the dominant men's basketball program in the OVC, winning 26 regular season conference titles, 17 conference tournament titles, and making 17 NCAA tournament appearances. Most recently in 2019, led by coach Matt McMahon and the number two pick in the 2019 NBA draft, Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. However, the best thing about being a student at Murray State is not necessarily being a part of the academic or athletic programs, but instead the on-campus activities and the long-lasting friendships made with fellow students and staff members along the way. Today, my special guest is one of the most beloved staff members in the history of Murray State, having served the university for over 40 years as the advisor of the Student Government Association and other student organizations such as the Alpha Gamma Delta Sorority, always with her trademark big smile. She has been an advisor, mentor, and friend to many students over the years looking to fit in and make their way as a racer, including me. Please welcome my special guest guest and friend, Jeannie Morgan, to the Living the Dream podcast. Jeannie, thanks so much for agreeing to be on this show. Thank you, Ben. That was a lovely introduction. So I know you're a little hesitant to come on the interview, but I, I was like, when I go to Murray State, the first person I think of is Jeannie Morgan. So I really appreciate you coming in and giving us basically a synopsis of what you do at Murray State and why it's such a great place for kids to go to school. I think Murray State is the perfect place to send your child to school. (laughs) I think you've already said that about it. It's a very welcoming school. Our faculty and staff are of the best of anywhere that you can go. We like to think that if you come here, it's like coming home. And most of our students, when they take a visit here, they say, you know, I feel right at home, and this place fits me. And that's what we want people to feel like they are welcome and they are wanted in our campus. And one thing about Murray State, when it was a big draw for me, it's a it's a big regional school for the students of uh, Western Kentucky. I went to Marshall County High School, and I knew a lot of my friends were coming here when I graduated, and that made me feel comfortable. I also went to Reedland High School before I went to Marshall County, and a lot of my friends from Reedland and were coming, as well as people I'd played sports with growing up who lived in Murray or uh, other areas of Paducah. And you get a lot from Mayfield, Graves County, 
the Hickman County area, Fulton County. And so it's a good like melting pot for people from not only Western Kentucky, but we get a fair number of students from um, Tennessee and Illinois as well. That's one of the positives about in this area. I think we draw from all over the country. We have people come from Hawaii. We have Mm -hmm. people from California and other Florida, other schools that come here. And it's uh, we really known for our agriculture program, mm-hmm. and we're really really good with OSHA. OSHA, mm-hmm. and we're one of the few. I think there's maybe just three schools that are accredited for that program. So we have a lot of students that want to come here because of that. Right. I know the um, education program is really good, too. My mom's actually an alum from Murray State in the academic program for uh, teachers, and she actually got her master's in uh, education here. So that's always been a big draw for Murray State. Well, that's what Murray State started as. We started Mm -hmm. as a teacher's college, and then we became a college, and then we became a university. So how did you get your start at Murray State? Well, I have uh, always lived in Murray. I am a Callaway Countyan, and I was fortunate enough to know that my house was adjacent to campus, and I was coming to all the activities when I was a small child and then just stayed here through my whole life and uh, took a little small break uh, when we adopted our daughter, and then after she started to school, I decided that uh, I needed to get a career. So I started looking, and a friend of mine called me and said, we really would like to have someone work in our housing office, and we think you would be a good fit. And so I came in and talked to them, and I was a good fit, apparently, because I'm here 43 years later. <laughs> and <laughs> so I worked in housing for eight years. And I really enjoyed it and got to know a lot of students because you're just around students all the time. And, in fact, I think I started in Hart, and I think that's where you lived. Yep, you I lived in Hart Hall. Mm-hmm. Hart has a special feeling for me because I was there for four years. And then I went into the main office for four years. And then I got a call saying, would you like to work in student government? And I go, well, I don't know. And they said, well, come talk to us. So I came over, and we talked, and here I am. And that was in 1984. Mm-hmm. This is uh, 2019. Right. So it's uh, been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I tell everyone, I have the perfect job. And well, that's why I have you on the show. It's called Living the Dream. <laughs> I am living the dream. I am. I am so fortunate, so fortunate. Well, when I was at Murray, one of the most important things I was involved in was student government as well. I um, I got elected as a senator from Hart Hall at the end of my sophomore year, and so that was starting the 97-98 year. And um, I remember coming, and you were the, the woman in charge, and I was greeted with a nice smiling face, and that I was appreciated to be here. And it was important for me to be a part of student government because back at that time, and I guess it's probably still that way today, a lot of the important people on campus as far as leaders and in the on campus were a part of SGA. We had a very dynamic president in Todd Earwood. That, um, he's a friend of mine. He's been a, a tremendous alum for the university. And he really set the tone for me as a, an incoming senator that he was a hard worker. He expected people to do their job. 
but he was also friendly and would talk sports and things like that. But he just had very good leadership qualities. And um, our vice president was a guy named Sean Smee, who is now back at Murray State as the director of recruiting. And they just had a real love for the university that was very evident, and they wanted their student government to reflect that excellence. I think that's one of the things about student government. It draws students that want to be successful. It gives them a foundation. Uh, They get to work with the administration on campus. It's a very friendly university, but our student government, our student president is also on the governing board for the university. So that gives them a little insight of the workings of the university that the, I guess, just regular student doesn't have. And I think that's very important that that student gets the opportunity. Todd was a phenomenal president. Uh, In fact, he stayed very involved, and we had him come back and speak to the freshman, incoming freshman class, and he got a standing ovation. He's uh, he's a good motivational speaker. He is a good motivational speaker, but and he posted about it on Facebook because he's always posting about Murray State and his support of the university, but. I remember commenting back, I was like, I can't think of anybody who's more qualified to talk about the overall experience of Murray State than Todd, because besides the student government, he was a regular student, he was a fraternity leader on campus and played the sport, so very well-rounded. So I think Murray State provides that opportunity for a lot of the students to to be involved and be a well-rounded student, not just from the academic standpoint, but also activities such, such as student government. Back in my day, we had the university uh, I think it was University Campus Board that we would do the Center Board. University Center Board. Now we're Campus Activities Board. Right. But uh, we always coordinate a lot of activities. Like we had Dave Matthews come in and Carrot Top and a lot of different acts that would be cool for students to go to. And um, Murray State also has a really good intramural sports program that I was very active in. It was one of my favorite things. But the more activities that you have, then students feel that they can get a part of. They're going to meet more people people feel more at home and they're more likely to stay in school as opposed to maybe drop out for just not liking it and feeling like that you know they can find better things to do and I know that that was one of your tasks with SGA was that student retention through getting them involved and I guess that continues today probably doesn't it? It does and we like to think you know you come to school to get an education and that that's very very important but a lot of your learning experiences are outside of the classroom. You learn to live, live with people. If you live in the residence halls, I think you call them dorms, but it's a residence halls, then you know you learn how to live with people because everybody's not alike. And some people have never had to share a room or a bathroom. So it's, you, you have that experience of learning to deal with people in situations. And then getting involved, you have plan. That's one of the things with the Campus Activities Board. When you do events, they don't just show up. You know, you have to prepare ahead of time. And that's one of the things that they get the experience down here of helping plan an event. They know how to start, you know. You have to have a venue. You have to have a date. You try to contact someone that you want to come. You work on uh, logistics. There is so much into doing an event than just saying, we're going to have an event. And that's how I got my my start in, in the events, because 
in Miami, I would do a lot of fundraisers and those model-hosted parties and stuff. But I learned how to set up events through SGA and the university camp, campus board because we had someone who was designated to that. And even though that wasn't my role, I would try to help out and learn. And so when we were bringing in the Carrot Tops and Dave Matthews, it was like cool to be able to say I was a part of that, but I knew what you had to do from a publicity standpoint to get the event out. And like you said, all the logistics have to be planned. The entertainer has to have a place to stay and somebody to pick them up. And it also just helps you to become a more organized person, which you need to have that skill regardless of what career field you go into. True. I agree. I know at Murray State you are a big sports fan. So we're going to talk a little bit about Murray State basketball here. And okay. Because growing up in Western Kentucky, I came to a lot of Murray State games. Um, I guess my grandparents started bringing me when I was about three or four years old. And I, the first star I re- really remember was a guy named Lamont Sleets. I think he was like in the early 80s, like 83, 84. But when I really started to become a big fan of Murray State basketball was in like the 1988 season when we had a guy named Jeff Martin and a point guard named Don Mann. They were called the M&M Boys. Right. And that's when Murray State started to win consistently the OVC men's basketball tournament. And we played in an arena called Race Arena, which is about 5,000 screaming fans every game. So what was it like being here during that time in the ball games in Race Arena? I can't really describe Racer Arena because we were so close to the players you could touch them and it was very very close and uh, very hot in there because we would pack it and mm-hmm. the students would get involved and then we had the pelt band and I remember we played Memphis mm-hmm. and we beat them and they never played us again because they said they're not coming back to Murray State you know they don't want to play in Racer Arena and it was hard to get schools to come play us because they did not want to play in race arena. It was too intimidating. It is because it's one of those arenas where it was 5,000 people, and you're looking, as from a fan's perspective, you're looking down onto the, the basketball court, basically just breathing on these these opposing players. And I think the locker rooms were from the 60s, so a little... <laughs> no, they were from, like, the 40s. <laughs> well, I know they... Um, we're needing to be a little updated, but it was a great place to to be at the games. And I always remember um, my favorite opponent was Austin P. Whenever oh, they'd come yes, in, yes, because the fans they'd always chant, "Let's go P, let's go P." They still do for Austin P. And of course, being a, like an eight, nine, ten year old kid, you're laughing. You're like, "They need to go to the bathroom. Why don't they just get up and go?" And my grandfather would get a big kick out of that. And uh, but I remember. Um, those teams with Jeff Martin and Don Mann, um, I mean, they were running and gunning and left and right. Um, Jeff Martin ended up being the Murray State uh, all-time leading scorer, and he's still the leading scorer today. And Don Mann, I think, um, he had his number retired from yeah. Murray State. Jeff Martin did. Yeah, and, and Jeff pro. Martin did. If anyone wants to see some real history, they need to come to our new center. It's called the CFSB Center. Mm-hmm. And all of our retired jerseys, are hung up in the rafters, and so are all of our titles. And there are many, many, many titles. Right. Well, I mean, I was just, just from the time I started to come to the games on a regular basis in 88, and starting with that Jeff Martin Don Man team, until I graduated, of the, the, just the great players that you had, 
Yeah, Jeff Martin, Don Mann, Chris Ogden was on that team with Don Mann and Jeff Martin. He was a power forward. Then you had Popeye Jones, who's one of our most famous alum, our all-time leading rebounder and um, a tremendous scorer. And with a name like Popeye, I mean, he's, he was a character as a person, wasn't he? He definitely was. But he, uh, his name was Ronald. Right. But no one called him Ronald except Coach Newton. And it would be so funny because everybody would say, now, Papa, da-da-da, and Coach Newton would say, Ronald. And it was so funny because he never referred to him as Papa. Always Ronald. I had some friends that played with him, and they're like, yeah, they just call him Pop. <laughs> they did. They called him Pops. Pop. But uh, no, he was a great player and went on to play in the NBA for many years. Uh, he played on that early Dallas Mavericks team with Jamal Mashburn, Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson and his role was he was this rebounder and that's how he made his money and I think he played in the NBA for about 10 years and he's been an assistant with various teams in the NBA for several years. Paul King was on that team, a guy named Frank Allen who I don't know what he was like as a student but on the court he was like this, he was a character to say the least. Frankie was a super nice kid. Uh, He was from Memphis. He he had some behavior problems sometimes but he was really really nice and I know he was always very very polite to my daughter and Mm -hmm. I remember coming in one morning and I had to bring her with me and he was just so nice and polite and uh, he comes back uh, whenever we have some games, and uh, he comes back. To where, where does he live now? Memphis. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Memphis, I mean, that started, I guess, with Frank Allen. That kind of turned Memphis into a big recruiting ground for Murray State because the next star to follow Frank Allen was Marcus Brown. They called him Brownie. Yeah, and Marcus Brown, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and um, he was a very nice guy. I, and matter of fact, he drove, like, I think it was a p- big brown Pontiac Bonneville. <laughs> so, but, of course, he was a, a tremendous star at Murray State, two-time OVC Player of the Year. Went on to play in the NBA for a little bit with the Portland Trail Blazers. But he's a guy that he's done very well playing in Europe. I think he played there for, like, 15 years and was, like, top we have, player. We have so many players that do play in Europe right now. Tony Easley is playing there, and he's been in several different countries, but he's brought back in Italy now. Mm-hmm. But one of our other players would go to visit him, and he said whenever he goes that Tony is like a celebrity, and everybody's wanting his autograph, and he's just really, really famous. So, you know, it's good to know that if you can't make the NBA, that there are still opportunities to play in Europe and do really well. Isaiah Cannon just signed Mm -hmm. to go to China. Mm -hmm. So he will be playing there starting this fall. Yeah. And like you said, when they they go over to Europe, they make pretty good money. I had a a high school classmate named Dan Lange. He played at Marshall County High School, and then he went to uh, Vanderbilt and did really well there. And he played in the NBA for a little while with – the Houston Rockets and Milwaukee Bucks, but I ran into him one time, and he had played, I think it was in Italy or Spain, but he was saying that the money he would make over there would be comparable to what like the 12th man on the NBA roster would make, but um, it's a challenge for a lot of those guys going from the United States culture to another country's culture, but if they can assimilate with that, they can play over there for many years and make a, a really good living. Um, I know when I was here, some of the other key players we had, we had Vincent Rainey. 
uh, which, I mean, he was like a 6'4 shooting guard, small forward, and could really shoot the ball. Then we had a guy named D.T. Mays, and he was a transfer from junior college, but he put up some big numbers, like 21 points a game, and he was on campus a lot, and um, just he was very active with it, with the students. And I remember he was in my graduating um, class, and when I spoke at graduation, I made sure to call him out because yeah, I thought it was important that um, when Isaac Spencer was there and Aubrey Reese were there as well during my time. But uh, I felt it was important when um, someone's an athlete, people say, well, you're a regular student, and they're not a regular student. When they have got to practice as much as they do for basketball and football, it's they're not able to take more than 12 hours generally. Maybe they can take 15, but for them to stick with it and complete their academic degree, I always take my hat off to those men and women because it's not easy to do, and they could always just stop when, once they graduate, but for the, those that stick around and get their degree, it pays off, yes, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. So right now is a a hot period in Murray State basketball, too. We just had a great season with John Morant. We went to the NCAA tournament, beat Marquette. What was that like being a staff member here and living through all that? Well, it was, again, like living the dream. It was so much fun. We were having, like, sellout crowds in the CFSB Center. It seats 8,500. And, you know, the hype. Of course, we had so many scouts. I mean, I know I sponsor our dance team. And a couple of games... We had to give up our space on the floor because we had scouts sitting down there. So they couldn't even fit the dance team on the game? No, they moved them. I mean, we would have like 30 or 40 scouts come to our games. It was just, it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, that's good for the hotel business around here. Uh, Yes, the restaurant business and the gas station. Everything did well. So, um, well, with John Morant, he... um, finished this year and uh, he was drafted number two in the NBA draft by the Memphis Grizzlies and um, I think that's a real important thing for Murray State because Murray State's always been a top mid-major program but to your point you mentioned Memphis when they came to Murray State and played at Race Arena and got beat then they said well we don't want to come back and play at Murray and then it's hard for Murray to to get those top-notch teams to come here but with the way the tournament is now if you're not playing the top teams it hurts you on your ranking but there are a lot of schools that there's some in this state of Kentucky that do not (laughs) want to play Murray State because they potentially don't want to take a loss and I I know Louisville played us a few years ago and Murray State went up to Louisville and beat them well UK has never played Murray State I know that basketball and I know that um a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but um, back in the day when we had the Popeye Jones teams, <laughs> there was a rumor we were trying to get UK to come and play at Murray or go to Rupp. And since Kentucky was rebuilding, and this was pre-Jamal Mashburn, it was like, you know what? We don't know if we want to play because that Popeye Jones was a heck of a player. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just know that uh, they've played every other university yeah. but Murray State. I don't know if it's one of those things where – I don't know if Murray asked like for the home and home exchange where they'd want UK to come here and then Murray would go play at UK. I, I don't know, but um, anyway, I would love to see Kentucky and Murray play. So for the listeners, are one of about a million. <laughs> so for my listeners here who have some strings, maybe they can make that happen one day. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from the basketball, though, you know Murray State has a lot of great sports teams through the years in football and baseball. I know. Um, in baseball, Kurt Reeder was a big, uh, big-time player in baseball. He went on to pitch for the San Francisco Giants for many years. And our football team, when I came here, there was a coach named Houston Nutt. Yeah. 
that came from Arkansas, and he really made the the football team a, a big success right away. And um, comment about that because I know you're a big football uh, supporter. Football is is my number one sport, even over the basketball. Even over basketball, I I really like football. Houston, some people have charisma, just they have charisma, mm-hmm. and Houston that has charisma. And he built a program, and at homecoming, I think three years ago, we honored him and the football team mm-hmm. that won the OVC tournament that year, or won the season that year. And again, it was so neat to see him come back and all the players and how they still interact with each other. And, and they were like a family. I think yeah. anytime you're on a sports, you become a family. You have to, or you're not successful. Right. They really were, because I remember when I was in Hart Hall, a lot of the football players stayed in, on my wing of Hart Hall, so some of my really good friends in college were from the football mm-hmm. team. And um, like you said, they traveled in, in packs. They'd go to Winslow Cafeteria for lunch, and it'd be about 20 guys over there. But they they lifted together. They played together. They went to a lot of the same classes together. They ate together. So it really kind of was a family, and I think... Um, that's important for a lot of the athletes who come to Murray State because they're coming from a town where they it's not far, not from here, so they don't know many people on campus, and so their brotherhood or sisterhood is made through that sports team. I don't know if you've ever seen the interview with Jaw about him telling about coming to Murray, mm-hmm. but it is phenomenal, and I think it says exactly what Murray is. You know, he said he came here and he knew this was home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that says a lot. Right. Anything. But we, I think one of the things, too, about Murray State, we have had phenomenal coaches in football and softball. Not softball, basketball. We like to say that they get their start here and then they move on. Right. But that's good for us because they keep us on the edge. Uh, you know, Frank Beamer from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, he was here. Mike Godfrey was here, mm. and so was Houston, and so was Denver. Johnson. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the ones in football. And in basketball, uh, we had Cal Luther. We had Ron Green. Ron Green, and we had Steve Newton, who went to the South Carolina. Right. And then we had Mark Godfrey, mm-hmm. and we had Steve Prome. And he's at Iowa State now. Yes, and we had uh, Tavester Anderson, who's retired. He went to Florida. Yeah. And, and now we have Coach McMahon. Right, and um, you know, Coach McMahon's qu- quite a character, and I'm I'm going to try to get him on this podcast because I know when we won the OVC championship in 2018, that was the 15th championship for Murray State and he's a big wrestling fan I was a wrestling fan <laughs> growing up and so he was a Ric Flair fan and Ric Flair was always bragging about being a 15 time champion so he's like we're a 15 time that's 15 time OVC tournament champion and he did the big woo like Ric Flair did but yeah I think um, it's just a great experience for not only the students but also the community I feel Murray the community has always supported the sports teams really well because we've always had a good product on the field good family oriented entertainment and um, of course in Kentucky we like our sports we do but one of the my fa- well, my very favorite thing of all that we do at Murray State is homecoming mm-hmm. and that's going to come up in October right yes October the 19th and to me I always tell the students, 
homecoming is better than Christmas. So the Senate made a resolution, and they passed it. So homecoming is better than Christmas at Murray State University. Well, the one thing that's always awesome about homecoming, and I, I have not been able to come back during homecoming in the past due to me living in Florida and my job, but I guess I need to start coming back more. You definitely need to come back. Because, first off, it's a great opportunity to catch up with people and not just keeping up with them on Facebook. Sure. But um, also, it's a great networking opportunity because the connections that you make in college are so important because not just from a friendship standpoint, but through maybe job opportunities or investment things down the road. And homecoming is that great networking opportunity that people really shouldn't miss out if they can make it. Plus, it's nice, too, when people have their families that you kind of get to see, okay, my friend from college, he's now married to this this woman and he has these two kids and they're playing baseball or now they've graduated high school and they're doing this and that and just kind of a good family reunion. It's a very good family reunion and uh, I feel like I have so many, I call them kids, my kids. I have so many of my kids that come back for homecoming and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really excited. This year we're going to do something. All SGA presidents are going to have a get-together. And I, right now we have over, I think over 30. And I was trying to count back how many mine, and I think I've gotten to have, since I've been here in 84, there's going to be mm, 14, I think, 15. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of presidents, you know, we have a new president at Murray State, Dr. Sweet. Bob Jackson, which I know Bob from, I worked on his campaign when he was running for state senate in Murray and you know a very nice guy and he'd been very Murray State alum and so he had been with the Alumni Association and now he's worked his way up to president and I follow him through social media and he just gives off a, an energy that's that's just fantastic I mean it makes me want to sign up and come back to school now I mean you know, my nephews, when they're ready to go to college, I'll be about the same age Rodney Dangerfield was when he went back to school in the movies, so maybe I can do that. I'll be close to retirement. But he gives off this energy and excitement, and I know he's been doing a lot with the alumni throughout the state. And uh, just what's it like to have him as the new president at Murray State? Well, I feel a very special connection to him because when I started working in student government in 1984, he was a senior and he was a senator. Mm-hmm. So we have the SGA connection. And so I feel like he understands and I think he knows that SGA gave him a good base start. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, he went on to be a state senator. And now he is a university president. So I think we did well with him. Yeah, he's sort of living his dream right he now. He is definitely living his dream. <laughs> So, well, just walking on campus today, I noticed there are a lot of new buildings up. I saw a new residence hall, not the dorm, there residence hall for Franklin and what used to be Clark. I mean, I was telling you it looked like a resort. You know, in western Kentucky, for people who haven't been here, when you look at the the university buildings, churches, and banks, they're like extremely well-built buildings. Uh, they're like massive and, and super nice. But what other exciting projects are going on at Murray State right now? Well, we are one of the, we were the only state of the eight state universities, we were the only one that had not outsourced our dining services. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was still in-house. And this past spring, we decided to outsource. 
And when we outsourced, we went with Sodexo, and they brought in Chick-fil-A and Steak and Shake and Starbucks and Einstein bagels. Mm -hmm. And they will be bringing in more franchises like that. And we, one of the reasons we did that is when students would visit our campus, they would ask us, where's Chick-fil-A or where's Starbucks? And, you know, we feel like we have to be competitive. Right. So that was a decision that we would go with outsourcing, and we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chick-fil-A is supposed to open any time. Einstein Bagel's already open, and they haven't started yet on uh Starbucks and Chick Fil A will be just outside your office door to the right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm expecting to smell a lot of chicken, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay because I think the students are—they're just really excited about it, and also the town people because Murray is a very small community. Besides the university, uh, Murray's probably about fifteen thousand, so mm-hmm. we're a small town. And we have a lot of franchises because we're a university, but we don't have a Chick-fil-A. And so because of Murray State, there's going to be a Chick-fil-A available because the town people can come into the student center. Oh, the town people are going to be able to come into that. And in fact, they re, if you noticed, Mm -hmm. drove up, they have redesigned the parking lot in front of the Curtis Center Mm -hmm. and added 30 spaces for people to come eat at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, well, I noticed um, when I came in, I was like, man, it seems like there are more parking spaces than, than I remember, so that would explain it. It is. Well, you know, Chick-fil-A is a big economic driver. I was driving, because in my project I'm working on in Central Florida, we do deals with Chick-fil-A as well, and it is the busiest place in town, and for the new project, we're having to have like an extended driveway because they'll run three drive-throughs and of course it's packed inside and cars are still like spilling out onto the main roads and backing up traffic so and they're they're the busiest place in town of course they're closed on sunday it's they're a phenomenon and then you know how can you explain it i don't know another thing about murray is we have an old-fashioned dairy queen Right. Okay. It's not a brazier. All you can get is ice cream and a hot dog. Mm -hmm. So it opens March 1st, and it closes October 31st. And so, like, when students come here, they go, big deal, Dairy Queen. Well, after they've been here a year, they have bought into the Dairy Queen phenomenon. And can't wait. March 1st mm-hmm. and then cry on October 31st so it's it's really really it's it's a thing of being a small town I guess right well I like it when um, a college is in a small town and it's it's kind of a college town because the whole town revolves around the the university I know um, one time I had to visit Auburn University for a, a business trip and Auburn was one of those college towns and it's it's awesome because everything is catered to the students and having fun things to do and I feel like when you're a student the more activities that you have to get involved the more welcome you feel and the more likely you're going to stay in college because you enjoy it and finish out your degree which is the ultimate goal for people to come and get their degree and um, one thing with Murray State as well is they've uh, increased their online programs which you almost have to now in, in 2019 so, um, you know, Murray State basically offers any degree that you want from a master's perspective and undergrad. 
they just don't have a law school and a medical school. But I'll tell you, as a lawyer, we don't need any more lawyers. <laughs> well, one of our one of our really good programs is our nursing program. Mm-hmm. My my roommate was actually in the nursing yeah, program. You can get a doctorate now in nursing here. Yeah. So this has really really helped our our nursing program. Well, and of course, Murray State just added a new. Um, division to their agriculture program um, on the hemp farming, which is a huge thing. I mean, I'm, I see the articles in the Kentucky Bar Journal about it, and of course, being in Florida, it's just a matter of time before we get marijuana passed uh, recreationally, but Illinois passed it, Colorado, Oregon, a bunch of states, but it's already taken off from a, um, a business standpoint in hemp from the CBD yes, production. Yes, Our farmers, of course, Murray State was the first to plant hemp. And we got our plants from Canada. Mm-hmm. And the SGA president at the time is ag business major. And so he's the one that went and picked them up and brought them in. And so they planted them out on a field that wasn't, you know, open to the public to start the hemp. To see, mm-hmm. you know, how it was going to take to the soil and all that kind of stuff. And, and then we... Uh, have it's just gone wild it's unbelievable how much hemp has been planted in this area yeah because the whole cbd thing i didn't know that much about it but a lot of models that i worked with they were advertising on instagram and facebook about you know i'm sponsoring this cbd oil it helps me sleep it helps me with anxiety and stuff i'm like what in the world is this and then i was researching it and then I got my Murray State Alumni magazine. They're talking about the hemp program. I'm like, well, Murray State is on the cutting edge. We are on the cutting edge, and it's going to be interesting to see what all they do with the hemp. Right. I know. I think they can make, like, press wood out of it. I think that plant just opened for that. And then, uh, of course, rope. But there's so many things that they can do with with the hemp. Right. And hopefully it'll be a big economic driver for the region because... Our Western Kentucky region is heavy in agriculture, and basically all of the counties around um, McCracken County, where Paducah is, doesn't have as much, but Marshall, Callaway, Graves, um, Hickman, Carlisle, all those surrounding counties, Ballard. And and with tobacco being not as grown as much, this is really going to help the farmers because mm -hmm. tobacco was the main crop in this area. And uh, I was out and about last night, and uh, there's still tobacco, and they're still smoking the barns. They're you know, mm-hmm. firing the tobacco. And we were laughing and talking about when people first come here that are not from an agriculture area, they think the barns are on fire, mm-hmm. but they're not. They're just smoking the tobacco. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, and it smells good. It actually does smell good. So what are the big plans for the SGA this year? And Murray Stake, a school just started. Yes. Well, we have our elections in March. So mm-hmm. our president takes over the, the last of April. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trey Book is our president now. And with uh, all the changes on campus, there's a lot of changes as far as buildings and outsourcing and, of course, the budget concerns. And we're going to have a lot of things to do. And our Senate has had a couple of meetings and... You know, they're really excited about what we can do. You know, what's some things that we want to do? You know, what would you like to see do people do? And we always want people to be involved. Right. And I think that's going to be one of our main goals is to get more people out to activities and 
get off the phones and get off the iPads and interact and do activities where you're involved. We're going to do, we've got something started this year called First and Third Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And the first Thursday of each month, we're going to show a movie in our theater. We have a real theater that hasn't come out on DVD. Oh. So that means you can see it before you can rent it. So we're hoping that'll get people out for that. Mm-hmm. And then on the third Thursday, we're going to play bingo. Bingo, we have had it a couple of times, and it's been such a huge success. I didn't know people played bingo like that, but they do, apparently, because we've had huge turnouts for our bingo nights. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, having all the activities and people getting to meet other people, and like you said, getting out of the dorm and off the phone and actually... Yeah, I know. I'm going to say it. (laughs) Um, But it... It's interesting because there are so many people now that, and not just the college-age students. I mean, I have people that are my age now that you'll be out to dinner with them, and they're constantly on their phone. And it's like, you know, we kind of need to get back to actually having more of a human connection with people because that's still how you do business. I mean, there's nothing that uh, takes a substitute for that human connection. So I know that you didn't want to stay on here too long, but I told you it would flow once we started, and you're doing great. But what You are, know I would not do this for anybody else. I know. <laughs> I don't like to. But it's me. I don't like interviews. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've been at Murray State for over 40 years, and I know you have a ton of favorite memories and moments. What are some of your favorite moments at Murray State? Well, my favorite is homecoming and when, we, when people come back, you know. Mm. I'm always asked, you know, what's, like you did, what's your favorite? There's too many to be one favorite. I could never narrow it down to one one. If I'm going to say one favorite thing, it's when students come back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you come back. And come back and they'll say, you know, I remember coming into the office and seeing you. Or one of my favorites is, you know, I hope you're still here when my child comes here. That kind of thing. Yeah. You know, when I was a senator at um, in the SGA, it was it was an important thing for me because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the important students on campus were involved, and it made me feel important. But I always enjoyed just coming by the office and having lunch because we had a <laughs> we had a cast of characters here. Um, I don't know if they're going to listen to this podcast or not, but um, Matt Harris was a we became very good friends and he played basketball. Yep, played basketball. It was from. Gosh, Union City, I think. But yes, and he um, was my student worker. Right. Of course, so he and I hit off really well talking about basketball, and now he's gone on to be a very successful chiropractor and does a health and wellness program and has his family with kids. We had a, a lady named Amy Fennell, which she was like the graduate assistant. She was also a fellow Marshall Countyan, but like super sweet and nice and very soft-spoken. And she's like, if you had a tough day, well... Well, Ben, why did you have a tough day? But um, always very, very nice and friendly. And then um, there was a a girl named Deidre Holcomb, which I think is Deidre Barlow now. It is. But um, she was very funny and just outgoing and this and that. And she's like, well, you need to get involved in this and that. And because she had been, she was from Murray, and she would say, well, all right, this is. This is a party you need to go to, and this is they're gonna be in a bunch of fun people here. This is the activity you need to go to, or just strategize. And actually, Deidre was the one who introduced me to my Hotmail email account <laughs> that I've had since like 1997, and I, I still use it. And of course, um, he had Sean Smee and Todd Earwood here regularly. Emily Forbes 
was here a lot. Her daughter just came to school here. Yeah, and I think she pledged A.O. Pi, which did. was a sorority that Emily was in. She did. And last, but oh, we had a bunch of characters here, a lot of good friends who were there, but I can never forget this guy named Victor Kearney. He was, I think, on the, the UCB. He was. And he was hilarious because, well, I can't tell everything that Victor did, but he was very unique, to say the least, very outspoken, and he was just a lot of fun. And, and sometimes he and I would disagree on things, but it was like an all fun and stuff. But I'll never forget Victor. And now he's working for a university, I think, in California in recruitment, yes. which is something I think he always wanted to do. I think he found his spot. Yeah, but he w- he was very he was a character to say the least. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap up here by seeing if you are actually living the dream, which we know you are. I am. All right. I have the perfect job. So, first question, and I'm going to say you can name three, but you may need to name more. Oh. Who are your three favorite Murray State basketball players? Well, my first one would have to be Garrett Bashir, and he played many years ago. And when I was in high school, he was my PE teacher because Mm. he graduated from Murray State, and he decided to stay and teach. And so he became my teacher. So he'd have to be my number one. And then uh, the number two would probably be Benny Purcell. Mm. Benny uh, played at basketball for Murray State, and he also played pro, and he played for the Globetrotters. Oh, I didn't big. know that. And then he was tennis coach for here for many, many years. Right. And the father of Mel Purcell, who played tennis professionally. And he was the coach of the tennis program when I was here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it would have to be Tony Easley. He has to have—he's one of the happiest people I know. You know, he was such a positive. Everything was happy. I mean, he was just always positive, mm-hmm. you know. And not everybody can be like that. Right. I like positive people. I do, too, especially being a lawyer. You know, as I've gotten older, like, I'm one of these lawyers. I'm a real estate lawyer, so my job is to make deals happen. And so generally I'm working with a lawyer on the other side who has the same goal and we're working together. Whereas my brother, on the other hand, is a litigator, and they want to argue and question this and that, and there are a bunch of other litigators, and I'm like, you know what? I just can't handle that. I, that's why I don't think I could ever date a, or marry a lawyer because if I ever had a discussion, if I disagreed, I'd be like, I object, and she'd be like, you're overruled. <laughs> but um, today in, in society, there's just so much negativity, and I think as I get older, I'm like, I don't want to be around that if I can avoid it. I mean, sometimes you, you can't avoid it, but I just feel like life is too short to go through and have to bicker and gripe about stuff, and you want to enjoy people and your experiences. And I think you should take a job where you're happy. Right. I know one of the things that I talk to the students when they're talking about their career goals is, you know, money's important. Don't get me wrong. But you need to be happy. You know, all of so many problems like anxiety and depression, it's because you're not doing what you are happy to do. So, Mm -hmm. You know, money is not everything. And if you can find something and eat by a living and you are happy, that's all it is. You're not yeah. going to be, you know, you're not going to take it with you. No, you're not. There's, have you ever seen a U-Haul hooked up to a hearse? No. Never. And, you know, the thing about it is so many people are so concerned about, all right, I need people to 
be impressed with my car and impressed with my house and impressed with, you know, what my wife looks like or what my husband looks like or what my kids have achieved and things like that. And it's like, you know, after a while, people, it, it can really overwhelm them. And they're not living their dream. They're living somebody else's dream. I think it's important to know what your dream is. Yeah. My dream is to work in SGA. And to be on my podcast. <laughs> and to be on your podcast. Exactly. So, you know, in Murray State, we've had a lot of good celebrities come to perform at the university. So who are three of your favorite celebrities who visited Murray State? And it can be a speaker as well, not just a comedian or a performer. I'm trying to think. We did a series called Presidential Lecture. Mm-hmm. And we had He Does Meet the Press. T- Tim Russert. No. Chuck Todd? Chuck Todd. Oh, okay. Isn't he from... No, he he's a Miami guy, actually. Uh, he was really... I really enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. He was really good. And, of course, I guess my all-time favorite has to be Benazar Bhutto. Mm-hmm. She was the first prime minister for Pakistan. And she was assassinated just a few months after she was here speaking. Oh. But I got to ride... In a limousine, just she and I, from Murray to Nashville, which is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. And she was one of, I guess, one of the most humble people that you could ever meet. And to think she only wanted good things. And she, you know, she talked about she would probably be assassinated. Mm. But yet she wanted the best for her country. Yeah. That's, That's good. Wow. So, I mean, that's someone who, you know, was thinking for the others and trying to do the best she could and to help others. And you're going to probably want me to say some, like, celebrity. Well, no, it can be it can be anybody. Because, like, if I was saying my three, I love comedy, so I would pick some comedians. Like, we had Carrot Top here when I was in college, and it was a big deal to have Carrot Top here. We had him three times. Uh, Sinbad was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't beat Sinbad. Jeff Foxworthy was here. Oh, he was he was great. I rode back in a car. Uh, we had to go take I had to take him back to Paducah, which is an hour from here. And he was hungry. So we go into a Did Hardee's. You didn't take him to Golden Corral? No, no. It was we're like at midnight. And we go into a Hardee's and we were the only two people in there and he goes up to order and the get the young man that was working was sort of oh, you know it's late uh, and he looked up and he saw Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy and his, the, his expression was just classic mm-hmm. and he goes uh, <laughs> and finally he said are you Jeff Foxworthy and of course Jeff Foxworthy had to say no I'm not do I look like you know he cared had to carry on with him anything. But anyway, he finally did, and then the people in the back came out, and he signed everybody's autograph. It was just really, really, really nice. Yeah. Well, I remember when he performed, it was in the old Racer Arena, mm-hmm. and it was a packed house. Mm-hmm. I mean, a packed house, standing room only. So, um, And I know Dave Matthews was here when I was in, in college, and yes. I wasn't a huge Dave Matthews fan, but I know he was a big draw for he the was, students. He was. It was. It was an acoustical tour, so it was just yeah. Tim Reynolds. Tim, Tim Reynolds, that's uh-huh. that guy. And it, it was, I mean, it was sold out. It sold out in like 15 minutes. Right. But of course, we only, love it only held like 2,200 so, mm-hmm. But it was it was gone. I mean, it was unbelievable. Right, and I think the SGA member who was in charge of that was Kevin Lowe, mm-hmm. and Kevin has gone on to be in the entertainment industry out in L.A. Yes, he has. So he 
found his passion. Yes, is, he did. I think he's living his dream. He, he's living his he, dream. He was always full of a lot of excitement and interesting things going on. He was. All right, so favorite place to eat in Murray other than the Dairy Queen? Dumplings. It's a, like a little tea room, mm-hmm. and uh, it, the food is phenomenal. They have homemade rolls. It's just delicious. And I have to say, my friend owns it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good, even if, if uh, she didn't own it. It's delicious. There was a place where, um, when I was in school, it was called the Dutch Essen House. Yes. And it closed. And it my closed. gosh, that was a fantastic was, place to go it eat. It was uh, run by the Mennonite family. Right. And it, the food was really, really good. And I think it was Tuesday night pork chop, or maybe it was Thursday <laughs> night pork chop. My grandparents, who lived in Pilot Oak, Kentucky, which is Graves County, they always come up, and we'd always try to go and have pork chop night. And um, one of the students that was a student worker, Sherry Bagazzi, I think was her last name, she'd be the waitress there usually. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, Sherry's waiting on me, and we'd make sure we gave her a really good tip because I didn't. We would do that anyway, but especially yeah. when she's a, a her friend. Her father was the voice of the Vanderbilt Com- Commodores. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Bagazzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she was always very nice. I enjoyed working with her and finally last but not least what's your favorite ben wilson moment at murray state oh, oh i think when you would come down here and eat lunch and just sit around and just talk to people and you were always helpful you know if i had an errand that needed to be run you know i could always depend on you to do that you were very dependable then and i'm sure you're very dependable now well i try to be Part of my job being a lawyer. Well, you got to dot the eyes and cross the T's. Then, so maybe maybe we had just a little bit of training in you to make yeah. you be a lawyer. You know, it was interesting. We were talking a little before the podcast. If I if I said I, if I had to do it all over again, I don't know that I'd be a lawyer because I mean I enjoy what I do as a real estate lawyer. Uh, with my community, we're helping build this town and that's very exciting but when I was in college I was the athletic director for um, Hart Hall and they had started the residential college system and I love that job I mean I was putting teams together for basketball and softball volleyball bowling all the teams and I played on most of the teams but uh, it was a fun job and I thought you know it'd be kind of cool to be player agent or an athletic director but I was like well it's kind of hard to get into that role and being a lawyer's the safe thing and I have a, a good career but kind of wonder it's like well what would have happened if I had done that well I could always try again I guess I but. guess you could but you could re you could reinvent yourself well, that's why uh, I'm doing this podcast you, you could reinvent yourself but sometimes you look back and you go what if but then you look at where you are right now mm-hmm. and you know would would you be where you are right now if things have changed you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you went back and changed one thing, it's going to change everything. And mm-hmm. do you want everything changed? Well, I'm pretty satisfied with the life I have. I mean, I think everybody can always think of things they'd want to improve and maybe do different. But um, it's been a good career. But I always like to do things like this podcast or do the events because I like to be around people and interact and, you know, have fun in that regard. And you sometimes when it's your job, you know, you you got to do the job and but on the other hand i've got a bulldog i gotta take care of and <laughs> feed and i mean when i get his food he's on a special diet and this bag of food it's 
probably about up to the, your desk, but it's about $80, $80 worth of food. But you got to feed him. You got to right. feed him. Got to feed him. You got to eat. I got to eat too. So. so, well, Jeannie, I really appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time to to meet with me. We've uh, the podcast hasn't gone that long, but I've been here for almost three hours. <laughs> that's okay, Dave. Okay, because that's part, you know, part of the job, mm-hmm. and it's not a job, but. I'm glad that you feel like you can come and spend the time with me. Yeah. Well, I always enjoy coming back. Uh, you know, the relationships that you make in college are, are many times lifelong relationships. And, you know, I always had a positive experience at Murray State, and I like to give back where I can. And if I can get on here and promote the university and maybe somebody listening to this show has a, a son or a daughter that's looking to go to a university or a grand son or granddaughter looking to go to the university, they will know that it's a positive experience and that their their kid, if the kid puts forth the effort, is going to have a good college education and a good experience and come out a better person. I agree. And I think Murray State's the place for them to come. And if they come, they're going to have a Chick-fil-A <laughs> yes, to a get Chick-fil-A. a good meal in. <laughs> well, Jeannie, thanks again for the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney with my special guest, friend, and mentor, Jeannie Morgan. So thank you and have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at Ben Wilson Miami.